engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. I'm Eric Erickson here at News 95.5 AM 750 WSB before our live lounge audience with Georgia Secretary of State Brian Kemp running for governor in 2018 for the Republican nomination. For the next hour, we'll be discussing his background, his policy positions and vision for the state of Georgia, taking uh, previously submitted questions from the audience as well. Thank you for joining me. Great to be with you, Eric. Thanks so much for having me on. Sure. So, Let's start with the background. You're, you're from Athens. Um, I hear all the time, particularly in South Georgia, that you have a lot of the legislators who grumble about the North Georgia mafia. And they really mean you got the speaker, the lieutenant governor, the, the, the governor, they're all from Gainesville and North. And so here comes a guy from Athens, Clark County, running for governor. Uh, are you going to lose Georgia Tech fans? Well, hey, look, you know, everybody loves Athens. I think even uh, Georgia Tech fans like coming to Athens and, and certainly a rivalry there. But look, great, great institution. But really, I've been fortunate in my career uh, outside of, you know, having a great family. But I've been a small business guy for 30 plus years. That includes today. I've got business interests that's outside of Athens and other parts of the state. I was involved in a manufacturing business down in South Georgia. Uh, you know, obviously, I've been working in Atlanta as Secretary of State um, and being involved in all of that. So I've, I've really got a well-rounded background, which I think makes for a good governor because you're really electing a CEO. You want somebody that has a vision for where our state's going to go, but you also got to have somebody that can run the day-to-day -day operations of the of the governor's office and of the executive branch of government. And I'm the only candidate in the race that's been in the private sector for 30 straight years, including today, has legislative experience and also has been running an executive branch agency. So I'm excited uh, about the vision we got for the campaign and, and uh, we're working hard and um, you know we're ready to go. Just on your background, I, I know you and I have talked about it in the past, you, you've got real estate, agribusiness. Um, so many people, I think, they think of the federal legislators, congressmen and senators aren't allowed to have uh, business outside of Congress, and the president really isn't allowed to have business outside of being president. And yet, at the state level, you can and, and you have been engaged, not just in, in managing the affairs of the Secretary of State, but... Uh, a pretty diverse portfolio. I have. I had a construction company for a long time, and I was working uh, when I was in school at Georgia, did all kind of construction-related things. I went to work for some guys that I'd been working with during the summers and on the holidays and a little bit while I was in school. Worked for them for seven years. I spent two years in Statesboro, so I got a lot of experience being away from my hometown, running a big project down there. Came back at the uh, end of 93, started my own company. And even before that, I had started buying some real estate uh, rental-type property. But over the years, being in the construction business, it kind of led me into other things. Um, me and a good friend of mine bought a stone business, so we literally are you know, out in the field every day laying rock on construction jobs. We've done that all over the country. Really, the last decade, I mean, we, we about went broke during the recession, <laughs> so we were going anywhere and everywhere to keep the doors open. So, uh, you know, thankfully that business has come back with the vengeance and we're doing well. But I think that's a good thing for people to realize that I've been through the ups and downs of a, of a small business person and, and working Georgians. You know, I've had good years and then I've had bad ones, but I've had to always fight through those. And that experience is really what drove me to running for the legislature. I was just frustrated with government. I was tired of regulations, you know, high taxes. I was tired of big, 
you know, government democratic policies and ran against an incumbent in a, in a district that nobody thought I could win. And I went to the legislature and, you know, we worked on cutting regulations and cutting taxes and really using the, the common sense of a small business person to make stu- state government more accessible. And then after being home for a few years, uh, helping Marty and I raise our three daughters, which are teenagers now. And uh, as she'll tell you, running for governor was never part of the marriage vows. Uh, but I got a great family. They're very supportive. And when I got in the Secretary of State's office, you know, I did the same thing. I told people when I was running what I was going to do, that I was going to fight for them. And when I got in the Secretary of State's office, we have a record of doing that. And I think that's another thing that's very important in this race. There's a lot of people that's going to say a lot of things and make a lot of promises. But really, who do you trust? to actually work on the things that they're tell, telling you or do the things they're doing. And I have that record of doing that, uh, and I'll do that as your governor. I remember your first race uh, because I remember getting all the emails from the state party as <clears throat> the race dynamics changed that you really were running in a seat where they didn't think it was possible yeah, for you yeah. to win. And as the polling kept changing and changing, suddenly it looked like there was hope in a place where they didn't have any hope for winning, particularly the Clark County area. Well, it was really an, an amazing year because um, nobody gave Republicans much of a chance. But we were hungry. We believed in what we were doing. And I had no idea what I was doing at the time. I just <laughs> knew that I was frustrated and I wanted to do something about it. If I knew what I knew now, I probably wouldn't ever run. I'd been people, I'd been smarter than that. But, you know, I didn't know any better and I worked extremely hard. We built a really a great coalition and, uh, you know, barely won that race. But that's one of the things that helped us get control of the state Senate, which led us to really passing a lot of things that have been bottled up a long time from, you know, cutting regulations, making government more efficient, figuring out how many cars and purchasing cards we had, how many buildings we had in state government, fixing the ridiculous redistricting that the Democrats uh, had done. And, and many, many other things, you know, passing a lot of pro-life legislation, all those things that conservatives have been fighting for for so long. It, it's funny, particularly to hear Georgia Democrats now complaining about Republicans and redistricting. When, <laughs> I remember yes. those districts. I, I worked for a candidate who you could literally pole vault from one side of a congressional district to another side of the same con- district over another congressional district. You had multi-member districts. Uh, districts that stretched from Columbus all the way past Macon to Milledgeville, uh, and and yet now apparently the rather reasonable Republican redistricting is an outrage. Well, when we did when we did redistricting, and that is one of the campaign promises that we ran on. That's one of the reasons I ran because Athens got drawn in a congressional district with Savannah, and people were furious at the incumbent about about him going along with that, and uh, I was too. It made no sense at all. And I think you could tell from when the Republicans passed a map, you can say whatever you want about the Democrats, but if you held their map up and held our map up, I mean, you could just see uh, the difference and it it just made good common sense. And, and, um, you know, we had a strong record on that and sticking together when we did that. Mm -hmm. Now you you went from the state Senate to the Secretary of State's office. What, What led you to decide to run for Secretary of State? Well, when I, you know, when I went back home and was serving for a few years, it was a really interesting time in politics because we had George W. Bush as president, we had the House and the Senate, and the people that had been saying one thing at the Saturday morning breakfast weren't doing another thing in D.C. And there was a lot of people that were very frustrated. 
And, uh, you know, some of that was going on at the state level as well with certain people that thought they were going to be the next governor. And having served in the legislature and being out, I kind of looked at that and I, I said to myself, I still had a willingness to serve because I was still frustrated and I felt like I had something to offer. But I also was sitting there going, you know what, if I ever run again, I'm going to tell people what I'm going to do when I'm campaigning. And when I get in office, I'm just going to be quiet and get that done. Because I think that's what's frustrated so many people in 08. And they stayed at home because they weren't happy with our nominee at the time. They were frustrated that we had built up, you know, all these huge budget deficits and we're spending all this money and we never reeled things back in. And we just didn't do what we said we were going to do. And people lost trust in, in that majority. And I believe that's one of the reasons that we ended up having Barack Obama as our president. So when I ran for Secretary of State, you know, I ran on making this office the most efficient in the country, using technology to make the office smaller and more efficient, which is what Republicans talk about all the time, having efficient, smaller government. Uh, I told people that I would fight, that I would fight to make sure we had secure, accessible, and fair elections in Georgia. And nobody has a stronger record of fighting the left and the Democrats and these liberal groups that, most of them are not even from here that have attacked our values and our processes when it comes to elections. And uh, I'm very proud of that record, and uh, that's the same thing I will do as governor. You mentioned voting integrity and, and efficiencies. There's been a lot of concerns around the country about hacking elections. And George, of course, in the news with what may or may not have happened, can you uh, explain that to listeners, what, what the concerns are and, and what actually happened with the Secretary of State's office? Well, the fact of the matter is the Secretary of State's office has never been hacked, ever. So we're very proud of that record. In fact, when I got there, things were really changing. And we implemented um, security policies in the office from an IT perspective. We hired a CIO. Uh, we went through transformational change, completely redoing our whole IT division where we reorganized. And I think we, we let go 14 of the 16 current employees because we didn't feel like they had the skills we needed to go, go into the future with what we wanted to do from an innovative standpoint in the Secretary of State's office. And thank the good Lord that I took those steps because it served us well fighting off all that was going on leading up to the 16 election, you know, with all these reports of everybody from the Russians to other people trying to hack the elections. Um, and it really was never an issue with our voting equipment. It was mostly an issue. What we were worried about was our voter registration system and our election night reporting, which, by the way, is all unofficial results. Mm -hmm. But those things affect the confidence of elections. So I'm proud to say that we haven't been hacked. We got a strong record on that. And we've actually used technology to make our systems more secure. Uh, and a good example is our voter registration system. You know, we moved off the state's mainframe system. We privatized part of that, moving it into a private data center where they literally have redundancy, armed guards. I mean, they're protecting some of the most important health records uh, of people in this whole part of the country in that same data center. We have uh, private sector companies that are monitoring that 24-7, our network security provider, as well as our own IT people. And we, we constantly, even today, 
are looking at new innovations, new solutions to continue to protect us in the future. Well, then we had several listeners who wanted to ask questions about the uh, release of voter information from Kennesaw State um, and how that plays into this. Well, the Kennesaw State issue was a, a whole separate issue um, and really dealt with a server they had and an individual that actually notified them of a vulnerability in their network on Kennesaw State's on one of their servers. Uh, the individual that found that information out never told anybody about it. And worse than that, never did anything about it. And this was actually before the election when all this was going on. Uh, the individual eventually went back in um, and got into the system to prove a point and then told them that he did that. So the FBI investigated. We were not part of that investigation because it wasn't our server, it wasn't our network. So we were kind of kept in the dark on that. Uh, but the, that's one of the things that has hurt, had hurt the confidence a little bit uh, of people out there. And that's why we made the decision after all that was done to move the election center back into the Secretary of State's office. You know, because the buck stopping with me. And I want it to, and it should. And I think that'll serve us well going forward. When we come back, we'll get into Secretary of State Brian Kemp's vision for Georgia and his big policy issues and questions from listeners right here on WSB. Y'all, just let me interrupt here for a sponsor because this one is actually really cool and I'm really excited about them. This is mancrates.com. Now, Valentine's Day is coming up. And you may have a significant other. You may be the significant other, and you're thinking, I don't want that crap for Valentine's Day. I, I don't want flowers. I don't want chocolate. Uh, good Lord, I, I want something manly for Valentine's Day. Well, man crates. Either on behalf of your significant other or direct the one who will be buying it for you to mancrates.com. I mean, you actually get a, a physical crate of stuff. You can get NFL barware. You can get the whiskey appreciation crate. You can get the beef jerky heart for, I mean, or the salami bouquet for Valentine's. All sorts of, it even comes with a crowbar, by the way. This is really cool stuff. Thousands of five-star reviews. <laughs> so they sent me uh, custom engraved pint glasses for beer. Or whatever, mine will be for beer. But nonetheless, you can put you can put water in them if you want to. No, they're actually really good, good quality stuff. Really fun gift to get too because it's a great crate. So what you got to do is you got to go to mancrates.com, m-a-n-c-r-a-t-e-s.com slash Eric E-R-I-C-K. Don't forget the C-K, and you'll get five percent off. Now they don't offer a discount anywhere else. But you can get 5% off right now at mancrates.com slash Eric, mancrates.com slash Eric. But, 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 remember, it's mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Really is awesome. Beer glasses, salami, you name it. Uh, you can get a outdoors gear. It's just awesome selection. Go to mancrates.com slash Eric for 5% off. Check it off now. A great Valentine's Day gift, maybe even for yourself. I'm joined by Secretary of State Brian Kemp, uh, who is running for governor of the state of Georgia. 
Uh, we're interviewing all of the gubernatorial candidates. Uh, we have scheduled coming up uh, on Tuesday night, Michael Williams and Hunter Hill, and on Thursday night, uh, Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle and Clay Tippins, uh, the newest candidate to enter the race. Now, uh, we, this is a, sh a short segment here, but just if you could kind of paint for us your vision of what Georgia would look like under a Kemp administration. Well, I talked about trust and people doing what they say they're going to do. I've got a very reasonable, conservative four-point plan to make Georgia number one for small business, fundamentally reform state government, move all of our state forward, and then the fourth point is just putting Georgians first, making sure that we're going to have a governor out there that's going to be fighting for those business people, those working Georgians, those families. Uh, ahead of the special interest, the status quo, the politically correct, and especially those that are here illegally. Now, on the illegality issue, I'm a little bit confused. Though. We, we're going to redo this again. Um, and it, forgive me, technical bugs here. <laughs> uh, as we come back um, here on WSB, I want to get to your vision when we come back and give you a little more time on that. But while we're in the segment, you, you mentioned uh, illegal aliens. We've got the fight going on in Washington right now. I still get the sense that there's a fracturing between the farmer's interest and business interest in the state and other people who are concerned about uh, illegal aliens and illegal immigration in the state. Well, that's part of our plan is putting Georgians first. It's time that we put Georgians ahead of those that are here illegally. I mean, I just fundamentally, you know, we got to end sanctuary cities. We can't continue to give government benefits to people that are here illegally. Uh, like things like health care when we're pricing our own people out of the market. We need to send illegal alien criminals that are in our jails home. I mean, they're costing our taxpayers. And I, I don't care what plan they reach in D.C., uh, I, I personally hope it doesn't include amnesty. Now, I do think the president will negotiate a good immigration deal if people will go along with him. And I think the good thing about that is, you know, you're going to get things like the RAISE Act passed. You're going to end chain migration. But then I think he also can work on streamlining some of the programs that we do need or we already have in our country, but make them easier on, on like farmers, the H-2A program. Uh, you know, I understand we need workers in the field to get our crops to the market, but it doesn't mean we have to give those people that are here working government benefits or citizenship. We just need to have a streamlined process that our farmers can go through that doesn't cost them a fortune and I think, to me, that's the opportunity that's, that's out there. Secretary of State Brian Kemp <clears throat> here on WSB with me, Eric Erickson. When we come back, we'll get into his vision for the state, the key issues that he wants to focus on as governor, and what keeps him up at night as Secretary of State. <clears throat> Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here at WSB, joined by Secretary of State Brian Kemp, running for governor in Georgia in 2018. Um, let's talk about vision and get into policy now. We've got uh, questions that have been submitted from listeners. Uh, a lot of them all track similarly asking the same things. But before we get there, what is your vision for the state? What would a Kemp administration look like? Yeah, it's kind of back to the four-point plan I mentioned earlier, make Georgia number one for small business. I mean, that's who I've been my whole adult life as a working Georgian small business guy. I think that's the people 
in our state and in a lot of places that are still struggling out there that, that since the recession, the economy really hasn't come back in a lot of communities around our state. Uh, and I think it's the, th the next logical step for us to build off of being the number one state in the country for business. And I certainly appreciate the governor's efforts on that. The next step to me is make us number one for small business. You know, whether you own one, whether you want to start one, whether you work in one, or whether you want to expand the one that you got. I think we do that by doing uh, regulatory reform, really taking a chainsaw to government regulations. We get business people to look into that, not a bunch of bureaucrats. We've got a strong record of doing that in the Secretary of State's office so people can trust me to do it. The second part is fundamentally reforming state government. When Republicans ran in the minority, we ran on implementing a spending cap that's tied to population and inflation. Uh, I want to do that as governor, and I'm going to do that as governor. And if we do that, we continue to budget conservatively, especially during the good times with the, with the rainy day fund that we have now that this governor's leaving us. Uh, we can do this, conserve our spending, and then we can have a real tax reform for everybody, not for the special interest. Uh, so that's a big point of our second, second point of our plan. The third point is strengthening all of Georgia, really moving our whole state forward. You know, when you're here in Atlanta, or if you're in Savannah or Augusta or other big cities around the state, things are doing very well. But if you're driving in between those, literally our small cities are drying up. There's not opportunities. People don't have access to high-speed internet. They don't have access to good health care. You know, it's hard to be an innovator in those communities. and. I want to focus on that as your governor. Uh, I was the first candidate to have a grassroots leader in all 159 counties. I've been to all 159. I believe I'm the only candidate in the governor's race that can say that. And I'm the first candidate to have a plan to strengthen rural Georgia that will really move our whole state forward. You know, running high-speed internet, creating economic development strike teams that are going to focus on areas to, to move the needle working with the private sector and the local economic development folks and have that focus from the state. Taking our Georgia Grown program and the Department of Agriculture that Commissioner Gary Black's done such a great job with internationally. You know, instead of just going overseas to do economic development trade missions, we need to go to states like California where they're literally regulating and taxing their business and agri uh, farmers and agribusiness people out of their state and say, hey, you guys need to come to Georgia and we need to get you to come to areas of the state where we need growth, we need better paying jobs, and we can have better opportunity. And I think that solves a lot of our problems, Eric, when you think about rural health care, educational opportunities, uh, innovation in those communities. I'm a believer that I don't have a problem if people's kids or their grandkids want to move where they grew up and go somewhere else to have another opportunity, but they should not have to. And as governor, that's something that I'll be focused on. And then the fourth point, we really touched on it already, is having a governor that's going to put Georgians first ahead of the special interest, the status quo, and the politically correct, and especially those that are here illegally. You know, I'm not the special interest candidate funded in the race. Even though we're doing great, we're raising good money, we have the most donors, but we're not getting a lot of the big checks. But that's fine with me because I want to put Georgians first ahead of the special interest. Well, along those lines, a number of people have raised questions that they wanted me to ask all of the candidates. This, it's combined and it goes to a number of your <clears throat> points. One, 
Uh, why can't Georgia just make itself so competitive we don't have to do deals like are being proposed for Amazon to bring businesses yeah. to the state? Related to that is this idea that the the state is much more interested in bringing new businesses into the state than focusing on building existing businesses here. No, that's a great point, and that's really one reason I want to focus on the small business. You know, when I said best place to own a small business, start a small business, work in a small business, or grow a small business, I mean, to me, that's the low-hanging fruit. If we got a good business environment, if our state continues to grow, it's going to give people opportunities to expand the enterprise that they have, to do more work, to open more stores, to you know get into something else like I've had the opportunity to do by you know buying a, a stone business from a guy that was retiring and, and growing that business. And that's the environment I want to foster. But I think it's I think it's important for people to know that that point in my plan about fundamentally uh, reforming state government and change the way that that we spend and, and operate. Uh, not only with a spending cap, but also being a governor that's going to ask those questions. How much is it going to cost and who's going to pay for it before we make those decisions on Amazon, Amazon and other things? You know, are we getting a good return on investment on the current tax credits that we have? We need to be asking those questions. If we're not, we should do away with them and use that money to give tax cuts to everybody, in my opinion. Well, and relatedly, we've got several people in the crowd here. Um, in fact, uh, we've got I mean, three different versions of the same question just from people who are in the room right now, um, from Marshall, Eric, and from John on what do we do with taxes in the state, particularly, as one of them noted, there's a, there's a report that's come out uh, that it looks like Georgia may get a windfall from the way federal taxes have been reformed. Uh, the governor has always been very cautious that we don't want to start making cuts today where we're suddenly having to scramble in the future. But um, as Florida, Tennessee even have flat taxes, Texas does, makes it very competitive. South Carolina is lowering its rate. What do we do in Georgia about taxes? Well, part of my plan is to cut taxes, but it starts to me with the spending cap because everybody that's in the race has been talking about cutting taxes. And I don't know that we've gotten one, you know, up until – uh, the president and Congress acted the other day. Certainly with the windfall, there needs to be a tax cut in Georgia if it, if it plays out the way that I think it does. Uh, but to me, you know, there's people talking about getting rid of the state income tax, and then there's people talking about, you know, really smaller uh, tax cuts that <laughs> personally doesn't move the needle. Uh, I think we start with the spending cut. And listen, if we've got the proper reserves that we have now, and we're budgeting conservatively, and we're having you know anywhere from three to four hundred million dollars a year that's left over. Then we need to give that back to the hardworking taxpayers. And I'm I'm good with doing that. However, lowering the rate so we continue, you know, to be uh, a good state for people to live in and a low tax state. But I'm also open to doing something like just giving a rebate rebate to every taxpayer. So I want people to know. I'm going to cut taxes, but I'm going to have it broad base where it helps everybody, not special interest. Regarding special interest, so one of the other common themes from a lot of listeners submitting questions and folks in the room is this concern that's been raised by some of the Republican leaders in the state that we, we can't, for example, pass RIFRA, which I know you've been in support of um, passing RIFRA, um, but we can't pass these things that I think the last poll I saw from the AJC had something like 69% supporting just a, a basic federal mirror 
in the state on religious liberty because we want to attract the Hollywood film industry or attract Amazon? How do you, how do you balance those issues? <laughs> well, I, I've been uh, attacked by several of those uh, Hollywood elites. Right. Um, I'm very supportive of the industry that we have in the state, the, the film industry. I think it's creating a lot of jobs, a lot of investment in the state. But I'm also not going to let you know, California West Coast liberals attack us over our voting policies that Georgians fundamentally believe that we should show a photo ID when we go vote, that we should have a citizenship check to make sure we know who people are before we register them. You know, I've sued the Obama Justice Department twice fighting for that, to implement that, and I'll continue to fight as your governor. So there's been, I mean, that's the good thing about my record. There's been plenty of times where I've been out there on an island fighting these lawsuits, you know, standing up to, to left-leaning groups that are not even from Georgia during our presidential election, during the Karen Handle John Ossoff race, we're still fighting them. You know, we got multiple lawsuits going on right now. Uh, the one against Common Cause, we won because we stood up to them. Uh, we just reached an agreement with the ACLU case that we're very excited about. That's a victory for us because we can continue uh, to keep our voter rolls secure. And that's what I told people I would do when I ran for office. And I'm going to continue to do that while I'm Secretary of State. And I'll also fight hard as your governor. So I've had plenty of times where I've had to stand up and, and, and do the things that I said I would do. And I would certainly do that by signing a piece of a legislation that references the federal statute in regards to RIFRA. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people about that, and uh, I believe it just makes good sense to protect our religious values uh, that, that we have in this country. And I do not believe it discriminates. And as governor, I'm not going to let anybody discriminate against anyone, Christians, the gay community, whoever. Um, you know, and I don't think that will, will lead to that. Well, you mentioned voting. As an aside, I I got a link sent to me earlier today, and the person is at Duke, clearly has an affiliation with Stacey Abrams' campaign, um, pointing out uh, the new Georgia issues with her campaign, and that uh, the, the allegation is that if Republicans in Georgia support Brian Kemp, they're supporting someone who not only suppresses the vote, but suppresses people trying to get new voters. I am, I am so ready for that fight with <laughs> Stacey Abrams in the general election, and uh, I'm looking forward to that as the Republican nominee. But you know, those same people, I mean, I had to testify in, in Congress, and I, I got kind of uh, attacked, if you will, by Elijah Cummings mm -hmm. about those same issues, being a Republican pushing the policies that try to suppress the vote. You know, all this craziness, and I said, uh, you know, with all due respect, Congressman, we now have online voter registration in Georgia where you can register to vote 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We've created a student ambassadors program where we have 150 high schools with over 1,600 kids that are promoting voter registration in their high schools, the most diverse group of schools and kids you've ever seen in your life that are doing amazing things uh, to help with, with continued access to, to voting. And, and all these people are saying all these things, yet since photo ID in Georgia, our minority participation has increased in elections, and we've had record turnout. You know, the Democrats call me the Secretary of Suppression. Well, there's nothing being suppressed. You were actually called that in this article. Yeah, there's nothing being suppressed when you look back 
And in the Donald Trump victory, we had record turnout in Georgia, a record number of votes. Before that, when we were deciding our nominees, when you had Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders on the ballot and all the Republicans on the ballot in Georgia, a record number of votes in our presidential primary because of the SEC primary, and I know you and I have talked a lot about that, promoting Georgians have a voice in that process, and, and great things came out of that. And even the special election for the Karen Handel John Ossoff race, which is notoriously for low turnout, we had a record turnout there. So, you know, they can say one thing, but they can't make up the facts. I'm Eric Erickson here on WSB with Secretary of State Brian Kemp. When we come back, the rural urban divide. A brief word on a new sponsor that I'm really excited about for the podcast, mancrates.com. Valentine's Day is coming up. You may want to get yourself something. You may need to get something for someone and you're not sure what to get them. Or you may be tired of the same crummy gifts every year and you want something really awesome. So redirect your significant other to mancrates.com. This isn't like the cheesy cologne sampler or whatnot. Mancrates has curated gift collections for every type of guy, whether it's sports or chef or outdoorsman. You can get the NFL barware crate. You can get the whiskey appreciation crate, or you can get the standard Valentine's gifts, but kicked up several notches, the beef jerky heart or the salami bouquet. All you got to do is go to mancrates.com and they've got a huge selection of things. I actually got uh, custom pint glasses with my name on them for my bar. I have a great bar, bourbon and collection and beer on tap, and these will go great. Chilled glasses for my beer. The crates even come with a crowbar. It's pretty cool. Thousands of five-star reviews. So what do you do? Go to mancrates.com slash Eric for 5% off. And remember, it's E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric. They don't offer a discount anywhere else, though. So you do have to go right now to mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric, and you too can get the perfect gift for yourself, for someone else, or tell someone else to go to mancrates.com slash Eric for your Valentine's Day gift. It's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. My final few minutes with Secretary of State Brian Kemp running for governor of Georgia. Uh, you mentioned uh, the urban-rural divide as one of your platforms, and I want to talk to you about that. Before I do, being in Atlanta, I feel like I, I've got uh, Tanya and Michael and James and Christine all submitting questions on mass transit and infrastructure in the metro area. Well, first I'd tell people if we don't get to the rural-urban thing, you know, folks can go to our website, kempforgovernor.com, and see our whole plan to strengthen rural Georgia. Uh, but on the infrastructure thing, again, comes back to really fundamentally reforming state government as part of our conservative four-point plan. I'm going to be the governor that's going to ask if we're going to do things, you know, how much is it going to cost and who's going to pay for it. Uh, certainly supportive of local governments and governments from a regional perspective tackling their congestion mitigation plans in the metro area. I work with those communities as governor. There's a lot of that that's going on now. Uh, as far as expanding heavy rail, I mean, I know there's a lot of people wanting to do that, but I don't know that anybody really knows, you know, what's it going to cost, where is it going to go, 
and then who's going to pay for it? Because I, I do know this, people outside of the metro area don't want to pay for Atlanta's congestion relief. And that's not anything against Atlanta, it's just those communities in my travels, you know, they have their own projects they want to do that will help them from congestion mitigation or economic development projects. But, uh, you know, we've got a transportation plan as well on our website that includes continuing to expand our inland ports so we get truck traffic out of our metro um, highways and, and help with congestion. Um, we're also going to make sure that we're getting the best return on investment for the transportation dollars we're spending as I've looked at the long-term plan that DOT has. You know, doing things like creating that four-lane from Macon to LaGrange, four-lane and 27, having, a, having basically a bypass for truck traffic coming out of our ports around Atlanta helps with that. We are out of time. Thank Hard you very much. Uh, yeah, it went fast. Uh, Secretary of State Brian Kemp, you can go to his website, kempforgovernor.com, and you can replay this on wspradio.com or theresurgent.com. Thank you for joining us.